It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Smart Money Questions. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're going to ask some smart money questions, at least I hope so, on the program today. Walter Storholt here alongside Matt Hausman. He's the founder of Old Security Group. I'd be out of a job if I didn't ask you smart money questions, Matt, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you are in Westchester, PA, Matt's got an office near you. If you're in Newark, Delaware, same thing. But here's the good news. Matt serves clients all across the country using the power of technology. So we're glad you're with us today. You can find us online by going to smartmoneyquestions.com. On today's podcast, we're talking about demographics. All right, so don't you know? Don't get bored and tune out, or feel like you're going to get lost in the numbers here. I'm going to throw Matt some different statistics that might make your head spin at first. But Matt's going to take us behind the scenes, explain these for us, and then I think that there's going to be something in each of these statistics or each of these demographics, Matt, that can relate to our own personal lives. And uh, so I think it's going to give us some insight into how we should be thinking and approaching our finances and retirement planning. So I'll start you off with this one, Matt. People over the age of 65, and I'll say these slowly so they're easy to follow along with because I know this is audio and not written down for you. Uh, People over the age of 65 currently make up 13% of our country's population. Okay, let that sink in. 13% of the population over 65. By the year 2030, that's going to jump from 13% to 20% of the population. I'm just going to leave it there, Matt. What do you think we can learn from a statistic like that? Well, you know, the first thing there, there's a particular person that is on CNBC a lot. He does a lot of online advertising and he's always talking about his economics and his economic quote forecasting is always based on the demographics. And this is one of the statistics that I think while it is accurate, I think many times can be overblown into a scare tactic. And especially when people are then concerned about social security, they're concerned about they're going to be taking more money out of the market. The market's going to go down. What's the workforce going to be? And I just pulled up a couple things online as we were going over this. And one of the things, this is actually dated April 11, 2018, and it's called the Fact Tank News and the Numbers, is that effective at the end of 2016, millennials became the largest generation in the labor force. And in addition to that, the millennial generation is actually bigger than the baby boomer generation. And this statistic is coming from us from insightfactset.com. And the millennials are estimated to be, and this is from the U.S. Census Bureau, 83.1 million versus the baby boomers at 75.4 million. And so this statistic on where we're going to be in 2030, I think on the face It sounds quite threatening, wouldn't you think? Yeah, it sounds like it. But I think the next question would be, well, what about the other generations that are under 65 or not part of the baby boomer generation? Where are they at? The Gen Gen Xers, can I say that? The millennials. And we look at now the millennial generation and they have, what what is that? That's about 8 million more. Is that that's pretty significant. And then now being into their working years, some of them, the older ones being into the more high earning years. And I 
don't want us to find that initial statistic to be scaring. It's reality. I mean, based on the U.S. Census, we know that. And we know longevity is part of it. And But one of the questions is, okay, what's it going to do to Social Security and Medicare? And I had a, a client's son and his wife in the office about three weeks ago, and we were talking. And he made the comment that he didn't think Social Security was going to be around. And he's part of the millennial generation. And I said, listen, they've been making changes to Social Security for decades and decades to make sure that it stays afloat. And what you have to realize is Social Security is going to be around for you. You're just going to pay a lot more in than I did or your parents did or your grandparents did. And that's just reality is because of let's don't be fearful of what this statistic is telling us. Yes, we know that there possibly is a going to be a higher demand for assisted living for nursing home type facilities. Quite frankly, where we are, the over 55 communities in the continuous care facilities are popping up everywhere. But that also is still strengthening our economy here locally. I grew up in Florida. It's been going on down there for as long as I moved. When I moved there, it was 81. And it's been going on the entire time down there. So I don't want us to get fearful as this one economist, I won't name him, you'll be able to know who I'm talking about the next time he's on CNBC, is he is always using the demographics as a scare tactic. And the way he talks, it sounds so good. But I believe that there's another part of the equation that really needs to be analyzed as well to calm those fears. I think that's huge. Good way to look at it, certainly. Funny, what a simple statistic like the increase in people in a certain segment of the population, all the cascading you know, points that you can draw from that one stat. So it gives you kind of a good idea of where things may be going, what direction, how to anticipate and kind of you know, give you a way to think about that scenario. Let me piggyback off of that statistic, that demographic, with another one for you here, Matt. So we're talking about kind of that, that same age range, that bracket of folks in that 65-year-old range here. A 65-year-old male is expected to live to 83, but a 75-year-old man is then expected to live until 86. Basically, the older you live, the higher your life expectancy starts to bump up. Kind of makes sense. For a 65-year-old female, her life expectancy is 85, so a little bit more than the male at the same age. But for a 75-year-old woman, it jumps to 88. Why are these numbers important? Well, one of the things, you know, longevity has been increasing, quite frankly, over the last 30 years. And we want to make sure in our planning that we take that into consideration and we're not just trying to plan for what we think the crystal ball is going to tell us on when we're going to go. We really want to go way beyond that because most of the time when I talk to individuals and families is that their biggest fear is running out of money. So we want to make sure that we have accounted way past even these ages of 83, 86, 85, 88 is going into the 90s. You know, there's a statistics from the mortality tables of the year 2000 that says a couple each aged 65, there's a 50 percent chance one of them will be over the age of 90. So we need to be planning into that early 90s with our retirement. And what that really means is I hear this all the time. I'm coming into retirement. I'm going to go put all of my money in cash because I can't afford to lose anything right now. And while the idea of losing, we don't want to put a lot of the portfolio at risk, but we also need to understand. Let's think about this. If I retire at the age of 65, if I'm fortunate enough to do that and I live in this case, I'm a man, I'm going to live to 83 
How many years in that? That's 18 years. The idea of leaving money in cash or in, quote, all safe instruments, the idea of I'm not going to be able to outpace inflation with that. And so then I could end up running out of money. So we want to make sure we do have some long-term growth, but we have we understand what that risk is and we have mitigated it with some safe money alternatives, whether it's cash or CDs or other type of instruments that allow more of a modest return. We still want to be looking long term. But I, I, I think, you know, I was at a conference in early 2017, a longevity conference, and there was an actuary there. You know, one of those guys that really loves numbers. It was a real, it was a real <laughs> and, uh, rocking good time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> let me tell you. And one of the things I, that he said I thought was interesting was longevity has been continually increasing for over 30 years, but we're not seeing lifespan extend. We're not seeing people live to 130, 140, 150 years old. The lifespan is still relatively the same, meaning the higher end. But what we are seeing from life expectancy is people are living into these ages of 83, 86, 88 in a much more healthy position. And that's one of the things that we need to plan for. You know, one of the things that I usually talk to people about is in the first five to seven years of retirement, I know they're going to spend more money because those are the bucket list years. But, you know, I've got clients that are these ages, 87, 91, and they can climb Mount Everest. They're still very, very active. To his mm -hmm. point, I have a friend that said, you know, over the last 20 years, there's really been a youth movement as we've gotten older. And I really think that that's true. You see all the time now, all these, you know, I think it was about six months ago. Did you happen to see this? It was the Senior Olympic Games Yes, and there and was the, a, the lady that this? ran. I, yeah, I think it was what early nineties, late eighties, early nineties, and he ran the hundred meter in like thirteen seconds. Which that's not Usain Bolt, but good nineties in his late eighties, early nineties. That is flying. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm trying to look it up here. Yeah, 2017 National Senior Games, hundred meter final. Let's see, 101 year old, 101 year old mm. woman set the world record for the 100 yard dash 101 years old that was the the woman that did it recently and then i think there was yeah th i think there's a gentleman who also in his 90s or something like that was able to say that was set way off with her age of 101 yeah yeah <laughs> no but it's it's pretty impressive yeah oh, now now i'm reading all these different things here that that are pretty interesting but yeah your, your point is well taken it's no longer a retirement of sipping sweet tea and sitting on the front porch for a couple of years before you pass away like you know maybe it was the uh, you know the illustration of what retirement was supposed to be you know years and years ago it's totally different now i just thought about this i've got numerous clients that are retired or semi-retired and they're in their mid to late 60s and they're taking on because they want to they're taking on the idea of babysitting their grandchildren that are toddlers now let's get one thing straight that's like running a hundred yard dash <laughs> Yeah. All day. I remember talking to one and she takes care of an 18 month old and a four year old Ooh. all day. I mean, that is some activity right there. But she loves it. I mean, here she is. And, you know, I'm thinking back to my my grandma and that idea, which she would have been this would have been late 80s. She would have been in her early 70s. And she looks completely different compared to my mom now, who is in her uh, mid 70s. 
completely different. The activity level is com- different. My grandma looked more like what you described versus what my mom looks like now. I was talking to her the other day. She was talking out, you know, she's still in Florida being out at the pool with all the 80 year olds. She's like, man, I'm the young one. they're out doing their water you know i think she said it's an 86 year old is the one that is leading the water aerobics in the pool wow i just think that's awesome i just think that's awesome so uh anyway it's you know we want to plan for that and and goes back to one of the things we talk about a lot and in living that that retirement lifestyle that we want and it's really the you know the lifestyle the life activities and and plan for that but we also want to make sure that we're positioning some of our money for the anticipation or the glass half full of living an extended life. That's pretty cool. By the way, I found the two articles. The one back from 2015, there was an uh, I think it was an army veteran or a military veteran from World War II. He was the uh, first male, I think, over the age of 100 to even run the 100 meter race. And wow. I think he, he did it in 24 seconds, something like that. And he also won the shot put and, a, and maybe even another event or two for the over 90 category. So he, he dominated at the games. But in 2017, it was this lady named Julia Hurricane Hawkins, who is from <laughs> Baton Rouge. And she was a 101-year-old great-grandmother. And uh, she said after she won the race, and now it took uh, 40 seconds to run the 100-meter the dash. She said after the race that it's never too late to start something new. And then the best quote of all was she said, I missed my nap for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, there you go. She's down there living, living it up with some Cajun crawdaddies right there. Uh, that's you, what's keeping her going. You bet. Absolutely. So, yeah, longevity, it's a thing. It's real. Got to keep pace with the inflation, you know, the retirements that lasted five years where, yeah, you could just be in totally safe money for that span of time was a lot easier equation. But now when we're saying retired for 10, 20, 30, 40 years in some cases, it totally changes the dynamic. And we got to keep that in mind. One more stat for you here, Matt, and then we'll wrap up for this uh, edition of the podcast. Fun sometimes to take a look at these stats and just see what we can draw from them. People over age 65 generate income in several different ways. Uh, trying to follow along here, 37% of their income is from Social Security. Income from working, keep in mind this is over age 65, income from working still represents about 30%. Pensions, 19%. Savings and investments, only 11%. What's notable to you about those numbers? Well, I think, first of all, is the idea of where Social Security falls in that People are still working past age 65, even if it's part-time. I have many people that have decided to do that. Some cases, they quite frankly, they just like the money. Others, it's a social thing. And one of the things that we talk about a lot is the idea of Social Security planning and where does that fit into the overall plan based on working, not working, part-time working, and then allowing, potentially allowing, that the investments can increase to be more than 11% of what the income is. So I think there's different ways to look at that. You know, we talk about pensions. I have to say this, I've really seen over the course of the last three or five years, there's been a lot of opportunity for people to take pension buyouts, lump sum pension payments. So whoever is in charge, if they were working at at DuPont or they were working at some company that had a pension, most companies, they don't want to be in pensions anymore because of the longevity. You know, when they were putting that money in, 
15, 20, 25 years ago, they weren't accounting to that where life expectancy is today. So they're offering that, which that that can be a great opportunity if the buyout is correct, which hopefully can increase the idea of how much the investments are actually making up. But I think Social Security planning is really important, especially if it's going to make up on average a third of the income. And just walking into Social Security at the ages 62, 65, 66 might not be the best scenario because it, it, you know, if I'm delaying it, especially if I'm working, it can give you so many other opportunities for post working or only dialing back to part time. So I think it's important to understand where, where is that going to represent for your income? And then one of the things that I think is interesting here when we talk about savings and investments at only 11% is where is your money from a tax perspective? Because are taxes eating into a lot of that so it doesn't end up in your pocket? And that has to do with where the money is. Qualified retirement accounts, Roth IRAs, after-tax investments, I think can go a long way in helping increase that number if possible. I think it's fun to look at these stats and see what's worthwhile to you know kind of pull out of them. And you know, some of these are our guesses where we think things will be in 10, 20, 30 years, like looking at things like by the year 2030, what is Social Security going to look like? Well, we can't see through the crystal ball, but we can kind of make a back to science class from high school, right, man? We can make educated guesses on the information we've got. We can make a hypothesis, a best educated guess based on some of this information and then develop our planning around that and uh, kind of use some of these tried and true principles. And it sounds like that's that's the way that you approach financial planning, using what we know to be true and, and works to our advantage, and then for the rest of it, making sure that we're just making wise choices and, and putting our best foot forward. And making sure that, at, you know, the first stat that we talked about, making sure to to kind of relieve some of the fear that is out there all over the various media outlets. Yeah, oh, that's very true. Very true. Lots of different angles uh, we can take this in, certainly. Well, if you want to ask some smart money questions of your own to Matt and the team at uh, Old Security Group, you can do that by calling 610-719-3003. Set up a time to meet with Matt, whether it's in person in Pennsylvania or Delaware, or if you're anywhere else in the country, you can set up an online meeting. Very easy to do that. We use the the power of uh, the internet and technology these days to host uh, conversations with you all across the country. Matt's got clients in tons of different states at this point. So it's an easy way to stay in touch. You don't even have to get in your car and battle with traffic to go in and meet with a financial advisor. Uh, if you'd like to talk with Matt about some of your situation and uh, some of the things you might want to do to better your financial standing going forward, you can call him again at 610-719-3003. And we're always online at smartmoneyquestions.com. Past episodes of the podcast there for you to check out, blogs, videos, details on upcoming events that Matt's going to be hosting, and you can get in touch with him through the website as well. All of that's at smartmoneyquestions.com. Matt, always appreciate the help. Thanks for breaking down those demographics for us, and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast. Sounds great, bud. Thanks again. We appreciate it. That's Matt Hausman. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on Smart Money Questions.